Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ in Haleyville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe and will share our podcast with others. Now, we take you to the pulpit of the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. Open your Bibles to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians. We start today, uh, this morning and tonight, we start a couple of new sermon series that we're going to be in for a few months together. The Sunday morning series will take up a lot more time as we go through a uh, a, a, a rather, I would consider, a rather in-depth look at the book of Ephesians uh, through our Sunday morning worship. And the, the entire series is called Identity, Who You Are in Christ. And it is, when you when you read through the book of Ephesians, you get this sense that Paul has has begun this conversation with this group of Christians and he's going back and forth all throughout the book of this is what you used to be and now that you're a child of God, this is what you have become. This is who you are to strive to be. And it is a great blueprint, if you will, of how to live in Christ, how to make your identity Christ in your life. And so we're going to spend time together um, studying this book. So let's begin. We're going to read starting in verse 1 and then and read through this section together. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. In love, He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will. To the praise of His glorious grace, which He has freely given us, which He has freely given us in the one He loves. In Him we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that He lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of His will according to the good pleasures which He purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the time reaches their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth and under Christ. In Him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of His glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked with Him, with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit, who was a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the, until the redemption of those who are God's possessions, through the praise of His glory. Let's go to God in prayer. God, we thank You for our time together today. We thank You for the opportunity to open up Your Word and to start this series, to start a journey through this amazing book that helps us understand what our identity should be in You, that our identity is no longer a worldly identity, but a spiritual identity, God. And help us as we uh, start today and move through this together, help us to understand the significance of that in our life. It's in Your Son's name we pray. Amen. This morning's particular passage or lesson is going to be called Chosen. Now, how many of you growing up played 
Backyard football, backyard basketball, sandlot style baseball. How many of you did that? And, and, and one of the, the, the favorite ways for kids to choose teams is you choose two what? Choose two team, team captains and then what do they begin to do? Pick. Okay. If you're, if you're picking a basketball team and you're, you know, say you're playing at school, you were playing at school, who usually was the first ones picked? The what? All I heard was, uh, that maybe wasn't the best way to ask that. Um, how, how many of, how many of you were the first ones picked? Let me ask you that question. Any of you? First rounders? Okay, we got, we got one good one back there in the back. Real humble individual. Mom's about to choke on her candy back there. Usually the best ones are chosen first, right? How many of you are like me? You're kind of a mid-rounder. You're not great, but you weren't just, you know, any, any of you that were like, I'm never going to be picked. Any of you? Okay. Most of you were that way. So how does it feel in life when you're chosen for something? Have you ever like interviewed for a job or, or wanted to be part of something that when you got picked, when you got chosen, how did it make you feel? It just, it just, it just makes you just, just excited, right? Like I can't think, it makes me so excited. I can't even think of all the words that go along with it this morning. But you know, especially, um, especially, you know, growing up, when, when you're chosen one of the first guys for this team, you know, it was always a really cool thing. We had, uh, basketball games at church all the time. We had a Tuesday night basketball league where, um, you, you showed up and, and the youth ministers got to choose the teams and they got to put the teams together. And it was just a real fun thing that we did every Tuesday night and something we really enjoyed. But, you know, you were always hoping to be that first guy that was chosen. In this particular passage today, as you open it up, most of the time when Paul begins his books, he always starts with, you know, hi, I'm Paul, and these are the people that are, uh, that, are, that are maybe with me, and I greet you in the name of the Lord. And then usually, the way he usually writes is he goes into a, you know, every time I pray, I, I think about you, and I miss you, and I'm looking forward to being with you. And then he goes into a period or a passage of praise about how awesome that God is. In this particular passage, he starts with the praise. And, and if you were to get a hold of, uh, of a Greek Bible and you open it up to the book of Ephesians, one of the things that you'll notice that's a lot different from, from the Greek language to the English language is there's not a whole lot of punctuation in, in the Greek language. As a matter of fact, in, in, in a Greek Bible from verse 3 through verse 14, there's not a single punctuation. It's almost as if Paul begins to write about how awesome that God is and he is, his pen, if you will, just overflows with praise for how awesome God the Father is, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And he just writes this amazing, just outpouring of awesomeness of God. And when you really dig into it and you really just, just spend time with this particular part of the book, you understand a couple of things. You understand we've been chosen. You understand that we've been redeemed. And you understand that we've been filled. And those are going to be the things that we look at as we look at this passage together for the next three lessons, for this one and the next two to come. But today, I want you to really understand the fact that God has chosen you. 
God has chosen you this morning. And, and when you realize that and you understand that, it should have an effect on your life in, in so many different ways. But one of the ways that Paul is going to talk about through the rest of the book is that when you understand that you've been chosen by God, it should point you to a life full of praise. For a life full of praise. And so let's dig into the first few verses of this chapter and let's see what it says about God in our life. Starting back in verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realm with every spiritual blessing in Christ. The first thing that he tells us this morning is not only have we been chosen by God, we're going to get back to that word in a minute, but he has blessed us. He has blessed us. How many of you feel blessed this morning? I should see every hand go up this morning. That's one of those everybody participates and votes. God has blessed us. But there's some, some very interesting words here that, that you see when he describes the types of blessings that we see. The first thing, he says that we have been blessed in the heavenly realm. We have been blessed in the heavenly realm. Now, when you study the book of Ephesians, you will begin to see that of all the books in the New Testament, especially the epistles, you're going to see that the idea of the spiritual realm, if you will, is more prevalent in this book than any other book. Uh, he talks about spiritual warfare. At the end of the book, we're going to talk about the armor of Christ and, and the way we should dress as Christians so that we can work and live in this new spiritual environment. But I'm going to be honest with you this morning, and, I, and I'm going to imagine that you're going to feel the same way. It is so easy as Christians to focus on the physical because the physical is always right in front of us, isn't it? The physical world, we, we may even look at them as, as physical temptations. But I want you to know this morning that as a child of God, maybe one of the best ways I can describe it is we, we claim dual citizenship. We claim dual citizenship. You know, when someone asks me where I'm from originally, I, I claim dual citizenship. I lived, I was born and lived in Florence until I was 10. And then we moved to Savannah and I pretty much grew up the rest of my life in Savannah. And I've lived a lot of places since then. But when you ask me where I'm from, depending on which answer benefits me the most, I'm either from Alabama or I'm from Tennessee. I claim dual citizenship. And in our walk with God, we're the same way. Yes, we live here on this earth. But Paul tells us that our citizenship is where? In heaven. That we're here for a little while and we're passing through. And we've got to live our life here. But there's also a part of us that is when we become a child of God and we receive the Spirit of God, that we live in the spiritual dimension. You know, a few weeks ago, I talked about that from the idea of Daniel praying to God and how God, you know, His prayer here on earth affected things in the spiritual realm. And He sent an angel to answer His prayer and the devil stopped Him and got in the way of the answer of that prayer. One of the things that I love about Luke chapter 15 is the idea that what we do here on earth affects the happiness of heaven. He says that when one sinner repents, the angels what? Rejoice. We have the ability on earth to affect the mood of heaven. Isn't that an interesting concept? 
Because you see, it's because we live and, and we function in our life in the spiritual as well. It's not just about the physical, the things we can touch and feel. But God has blessed us not just here, but He's blessed us in spiritual ways as well. And we're going to see that play out the further we get into this book. Then He says, not only has He blessed us in the spiritual realms, He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing. We don't serve a greedy God. We serve a God who wants to give us everything that He can. He doesn't just kind of divvy those blessings out just kind of like a grumpy old man and just like, hey, just take this and get out of my hair. No, He loves to invest in our life with blessings, with everything that He can give us. But then the last phrase of this particular verse tells us where those blessings truly come from, and it is from being in Christ. It is from being in Christ. In this particular passage, the idea of Christ is alluded to, whether it's the words in Him, through Him, or in Christ, 11 different times. 11 different times. Christ is vital to our relationship to God, to the Holy Spirit, to the spiritual, and to our blessings. This morning, I want you to understand in such a powerful way that you've been blessed by God. You've been blessed in every way that He can imagine to bless you, and that that comes through being in Christ Jesus. Not only has He blessed us, He chose us. Let's read, let's read verse 4 together. For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in His sight. This verse has always astonished me. I've, I've preached this series of lessons a couple of different times. And when I sit down and study this passage again, I always try to study it from a, from a place of, of newness and freshness. And that's not always easy to do because I am so familiar with it in some ways. But the fact that God chose me always jumps out at me because you see God didn't need to choose me God doesn't necessarily need me to accomplish anything but he wants me he chose me we were talking in our new young adult class this morning about this very idea and one of the things that I find interesting about this word chosen is the different ways that it can be translated. Throughout Scripture, the word, the Greek word that we translate chosen is translated three different ways. Elected, chosen, and favorite. Elected, chosen, and favorite. My personal preference when I hear that word is the word favorite because it really puts this into perspective to me. And I'll ask, I'll ask the same question that I asked my class this morning. How many of you have, have siblings in your, in your family? Like you're, you're a sibling. How many of you had that there was a favorite sibling in your family? <laughs> we got three siblings sitting back here on the row and they're all pointing in one direction. How many of you were the favorite? So some of you are willing to admit it, right? Okay, so so this is 
This is my, this was, this is my statement. I was the oldest. I've got a brother that's four years younger than me and a sister that's eight years younger than me. And I always have said, I was the favorite until she showed up. And I prayed for her. Like I wanted her to show up. And then she kicked me off of my throne. And I've never forgiven her for it. Now, parents with kids, especially multiple kids, do you have a favorite child? Think about that for a second. Do you have a favorite child? Now, we all have, we all have as parents, we may have a certain child that, that maybe we seem to relate better with. Um, I don't have a favorite child unless it's Collins, you know. Um, but I relate with Collins better than I do my other kids at this point because she's older and, uh, I just, I understand her a little bit more. But if you told me to pick a favorite, I couldn't. Do I love them in different ways? Yes, but I love them equally, and they're all my favorite. And when you think about this idea that God chose you, I want you to think of it like this. I am God's favorite. Say that with me this morning. I am God's favorite. Say it again. I am God's favorite. Now, do you believe that? You should believe it because that's what Paul says. Paul says he chose you. You are his favorite this morning. And if you don't walk away encouraged by anything else this morning, walk away encouraged with that. Because so many people go through life feeling unworthy. They feel like that, that they have nothing to offer. They feel like no one loves them. They're in bad and unhealthy relationships and everything around them is negative. But if you find yourself in that place this morning, I want you to understand from the Word of God, from the Spirit of God, He tells you this morning that you are His favorite. And we should be able to find so much joy in that, that that God looked throughout all the world. He looked out through all the world and he says, I'm going to choose you. And you're going to be my favorite. Now, how can we all be God's favorite at the same time? Listen, the first time I preached this series, I only had one child. Now I have four. And I understand that concept a little bit more. That I love my children differently at times, depending on how long we've all been in the car together. I may not love them at all. I don't know. But they're all my favorite. And God looks at us as his children and he doesn't say, I love John more than anybody else. He says, I love you all. And you are my favorite this morning. And because of that, we should feel blessed. Now, what I want you to do with that, though, is, is I want you to, to hold on to that this week and think about that on a daily basis and in an eternal perspective that as you go into your day every day, this isn't one of those things that you hear. And we do this a lot with sermons. I hear it right here, but it doesn't walk out the door with me. And the reason I know that is because I'm going to ask this question. How many of you remembered what I preached on last Sunday? Yeah. Because we have a habit of hearing it and leaving it in the pew and walking out the door. But this is something I want you to take with you. That when you wake up in the morning, I want you to look in the mirror. I want you to tell yourself, I'm God's favorite. He chose me. And allow that to set the direction of your day. Not the negative things that the world puts in front of us. Not the the, the, the panic that the news puts in front of you, not the election that's in front of us 24-7 when they're not talking about the virus, you know, 
let the fact that God chose you and that you're his favorite set your direction for the day. Because that's what he tells us in this amazing verse. So he's blessed us. He's chose us. And the final thing is, is he has predestined us. You know, that word scares us, doesn't it? That word scares us, the word predestined, the idea of predestination. I don't want to get into a big theological debate over what predestination and what predestined means this morning. But I do want you to hear this this morning. The Bible does tell us that he chose us and he predestined us. But it also teaches that we must believe and and believe in him and be baptized. So what I know, what I know is that it is true that God has predestined me for something as a child of God. Now, in some other lesson, we can talk about that, but I don't want you to be afraid of something that the Bible says, okay? Don't let it scare you. Don't let it confuse you. We tend to make things about the Word of God confusing, not the Word of God itself. But understand this morning that there is a blessing in the fact that God predestined us, that God chose us ahead of time. There should be comfort and praise that comes from the fact that God knew when he created man, that we were going to what? We were going to sin. He knew that. God knows all. He knew we were going to turn our back on him as as mankind. And he knew what the cost of that was going to be. And yet he looked through the pages of history at the very beginning and says, they're all worth it. They're all worth it. And if they follow me, I'm going to put them in a direction to give them something that is greater than they can ever imagine. You know what the greatest part of of that is today? Is our church family. That when we become a child of God, we are predestined to have a, a church family that just wraps their arms around us and loves us, hopefully, more than any family that this world has to offer. God doesn't invite us to be best friends. He adopts us into the family. Think about that for a second. He doesn't ask us to be best friends. He adopts us into a family. And it's a family where we can be real. It is a place of unbrushed teeth, of unmasked emotions. Sometimes for those of us that played um cards together at CYC. It is a place of uninhibited laughter. It can be a place of deep sorrow. It's a family where we don't have to pretend or hide behind a preconceived idea of what everybody expects us to be. It is a place of warmth, of love, acceptance, and we where we can be accepted not for who we are, but who we are becoming. That's what we're predestined to, to be a part of is experiencing life as God's family, which should always be a place that we feel like we can come home to. And then the very end of this particular passage we're looking at ends with the idea in accordance with His pleasure and will. Now what strikes me here is that it's not just about God's will, it's about what brings God pleasure. He enjoys choosing us he enjoys blessing us he enjoys predestining us to be part of his family that is the beginning of our identity in christ now i remember 
one particular night as we played basketball, the youth ministers got everybody together and started picking teams. This particular night, they didn't start with the best players on each team. Guess where they started? With the worst. I got picked higher that night than I ever had before in my life. But they start with the worst kids and they work their way forward through that. You know what, though? I remember that those guys that night, they got picked first, who never get picked first. They got picked first that night and they played harder than they had ever played because they finally figured out what it felt like to be chosen, to be wanted, to be needed. And when you understand that about your relationship with God, when you understand the importance, the power, the magnitude of being chosen by God, then it should motivate you to live your life in a holy and pure direction. It should motivate you to live in faith and not just in words, but in action as that word truly means. It should motivate you to hold on to the hope, the assurance that you have a home in eternity with Christ, with God, with the Holy Spirit when this life is over. And I hope this morning that we have begun to lay the foundation of that true belief in your life that you have been chosen by God and that that means something. Let's go to him in prayer. God, thank you for today. Thank you for the uplifting moments that we've had just throughout the morning, moments of study, of enlightenment, moments of of praising your name a moment of spiritual fellowship with you and with our brothers and sisters as we gathered around your table to remember the great sacrifice that you offered on our behalf. God, I just thank you for your words this morning, the power that comes from your words, the assurance, the hope that comes from knowing that we have been chosen by you. And God, may it motivate us, may it May it light the spirit or relight the spirit within us. God, I know some of us, we've we've not lived out your teaching. We have allowed the spirit's fire to go out in our lives. We've replaced true spiritualness with routine, with being here just because we're expected to or because we think we have to, God, not because we want to. Help us to reignite that fire. And to do these things because we understand how much you love us and because we want to do these things. Help us to bring that pleasure to you in your life. Thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you for his sacrifice. May we remember it every day and let it motivate us to greater things. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. There is a God. If this program has been beneficial to you, please consider subscribing on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast provider. Also, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star review, which will greatly assist us in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. We'd love even more for you to join us in person. We are located at 2309 9th Avenue in Haleyville, Alabama. Our Sunday worship services are at 1030 a.m., and 6 o'clock p.m., with Bible classes on Sunday mornings at 9.30 
and Wednesday evenings at 6.30. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to listen again, and until then, remember, we are a Church of Christ caring for our community.